So we've been looking at understanding the gospel. And we continue today. I don't know if this might be the last, the last week. I'm not, I'm not sure for this series. <laughs> but um, it's a series I've enjoyed teaching. I've enjoyed teaching it because the goal, like I said, is not just for you to understand the gospel, but it's for you to actually accurately communicate it to other people. Amen. Because you are supposed to communicate the gospel to other people. You ought to. It's necessary. And I did show you from the scriptures previously that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, right? And the ministry of reconciliation simply means we are the bearers of the good news of Jesus Christ. It means we've been entrusted with a message. It means we've been given a message from the Lord to ensure that men, women, children are born again. And can I tell you something? There is no child on this earth who can be born again as long as they're able to understand something. And that's why even to your little ones, you can preach the gospel to them. All together. Yes. yes. If someone can understand Ben 10, they can understand John 3.16. You understand, right? Yes. If they can, don't say they're too young, no. If they can, if they can just understand, just whatever, whatever things they watch, if they understand whatever the people are talking about there, then they can understand the gospel too. So a baby is not too young to receive the gospel. And one thing you have to understand is that children don't receive a junior Holy Spirit. They receive the same one you received. <laughs> Are we together? So you must preach to the little ones as well. Communicate the gospel to them. They will listen to you better than they may listen to anyone else. Especially when they, they, they are with you all the time. They will listen. And you know, children are imitators, eh? They imitate us. They imitate the things you say, the things you do. So some of you, if, you, if, you, if they say you pray, they will know that I have to pray in life. You understand, eh? If they see you worship God, if they see you go to church, they will know that this is what we're supposed to do. Are we together? Yes. So, understanding the gospel. I said this may be the last week. Maybe. Or we may go deeper next week. <laughs> I don't know. But I am praying that the Lord helps us understand the gospel entirely. So let's start from a famous portion of scripture, John 3.16. I believe we all know it. And we can recite it from our heads, right? Let's go. One, two, three, go. Let's read again. Okay. So whoever believes in him shall not what perish? They say shall not or should not. <laughs> There's a difference between the two words. Shall, should, two different words. <laughs> the correct one is should not perish. Not shall. So John 3.16, a very famous portion of scripture. Now, 
The gospel of Jesus Christ is very critical for every person to understand and for every person to hear it. There should be no one, from last week's teaching, I got to explain that there should be no one who should not be reached because they are there. You understand, right? Because you are there, every single person around you, and even globally now, because of social media, they've given us that opportunity. We can reach as many people as possible. So today, what, what we'll focus on, when we talk about the gospel, one aspect of the gospel is the love of God. That's what we'll look at today. Mm-hmm. It says, for God so loved the world. Now, when the Bible says, for God so loved the world, it's talking about you and I. It's not talking about everything else in this world. Mm-hmm. Or the things of this world. You understand, right? Yes. So, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, we have to understand that at the time that Jesus came at this particular time, he was the only begotten of the Father. But after he resurrected, the Bible calls him the firstborn from the dead. That means Jesus now is no longer the only begotten Son of God. It means those who are born again now are begotten by God as well. Are we together? It means now you and I are sons and daughters of the Lord. Very important. So, God sent Jesus because of the love he has for us. When you understand John 3.16, you will know that God did not send Jesus because he hated sin. God sent Jesus because he loved man. That means his love for man is stronger than his hatred for sin. Are we together? God's love for you, for everyone out there, is stronger than his hatred for sin. Amen. Every one of us, okay, maybe let me, let me put it this way. To understand the love of God entirely, you have to look at Jesus because Jesus is the total expression of God. He's the accurate definition of who God is. You understand, right? You don't get to see Jesus or don't get to see God or know God entirely by studying the life of Elijah. You don't get to know God entirely by studying the life of Moses. Those people were anointed of God and they got to actually show certain attributes of God, but then there were still a lot of limitations on their end. Jesus, on the other hand, was not a prophet like they were. Jesus was not an apostle like Paul or Peter was. Jesus was God in the flesh. I think in part three of this series I explained that, right? I showed you from the scriptures. Now, we have to understand that, firstly, (laughs) do you know that there is no one in this world that God doesn't love? Are you aware? Including the person you don't like. (laughs) Are you aware? There is no person in this world that God doesn't love. So when you are praying for your enemies to fall, who is going to answer that prayer? If God loves you and them the same, who is answering it? 
When you are praying for your witch, those witches to die, who is answering it? If the love God has for you and the love God has for them. And you know, can I tell you something? The love he has for you, even if you never committed any sin, is the same as that one who committed sin from the time inside breathing. <laughs> you understand? That's, you see, God is not from our village, brothers and sisters. <laughs> God is not even our roommate, brothers and sisters. God is God. He loves everyone the same. John 3.16 applies to every single person on this world. When Jesus was sent to this world, he was sent for every single person. The worst sinner possible, God sent Jesus for them. Yes. That's something you may not like because the person you don't like, Jesus loves them. (laughs) No, but he was mean to me while Jesus adores them. (laughs) You'll be amazed. The same one who was mean to you, Jesus said, this one I love, I will die for her. Look at your neighbor and tell them, Jesus loves me so much. No, say it. Look at them and say, Jesus loves me so much. He thinks I was worth dying for. Yeah. Now look at them and tell them, Jesus loves your enemy so much. Jesus loves your enemy so much. That he thinks they are worth dying for. Yes. No matter how wicked the man is, the love of God can't be too can't be too much for them. Yes. That's why when you understand how the love of God operates, you will reach out to anyone, no matter how wicked they seem, no matter how mean they seem, you will reach out to them because the love of God applies to them. Are we together? Yes. So we can't treat God like, see, we, we can't hotspot our hatred for people to God. Like just because we don't like someone, then God should treat them. And you see, sometimes the expectation is that because maybe someone wasn't nice to you, things should be going bad on their end. That's when God will bless them. You'll be amazed. <laughs> just when you thought. You understand? Even if someone was just deliberate, sometimes God will look at them and say, this one, I will bless them. They are my child. Yes. Remember, God is not from your village. <laughs> He's not your cousin. No, you can't. You... <laughs> He's not. Yeah. So just because you wish something bad can happen, even pray. And sometimes when I see uh, Pentecostal, they're even sweating, praying against someone. You sweat and pray against a human being that Jesus died for. The blood of Jesus has saved you applies to them as well. Why are you sweating about someone else? <laughs> you can't treat God like that. And can I tell you something else? God is not your errand boy. Who you can send around by your prayer. Because sometimes people think just because I've prayed, God now is no longer resting. He's moving about and to answer before she backslides. <laughs> like, if I don't answer, she'll go into the world. He's not like that. The Bible says he's seated. It means you can't even move him. Let's start from there. He was moved by Christ. I don't know if you understand that. That's why there is no prayer that even moves God. God is seated, brothers and sisters. Christ moved God already. That's why for you, you have to believe in Christ. 
Because once you believe in, you've moved, you believed in the one who moved God already. So he's not your errand boy. Who just because you spoke, you've spoken in tongues, then he's not going to rest. There's something one time I told someone and they couldn't believe it when I told them. I said, God doesn't live for you. <laughs> the sooner you accept it, the better. And you know why I told them that? Like me, if this happens, I'm done with the faith. I said, God doesn't live for you. If you want to be done, get done. <laughs> Don't think because you've said, me, I'm done. Then God is like, oh, the kingdom has suffered. <laughs> no, you are important. Everyone is important. You understand, right? But we can't treat God like he lives for us. We live for him. Talking about the love of God. (laughs) So God's love applies to everyone. Every single person. Whether you like the person or not. And that's why when you get on God's side, you have to start loving people. You understand, right? Yes. He says, now we know that you've passed from death to life because you love the brethren. So the evidence that you are born again is love for the brethren. Not, see, he's not even speaking in tongues. That's not evidence of salvation. Anyone can make tongues up. No one can make love up. You understand, right? You can pretend to love, but that's not love. The love of God. Very important. So, every person is a candidate for salvation. Every person is a candidate for salvation. Every person, Jesus died for them. And for you to understand the gospel accurately, you must understand how the love of God works. The Bible shows us, for example, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. It means there is nothing that you can ever do. Think about it. There is nothing you can ever do, nothing you've ever done that has ever reduced the love of God for you. There is nothing. You see, God doesn't love you any less simply because you did something. God doesn't love someone any less simply because they did something. The love of God is consistent for everyone and every time. Even when you're entering heaven at that particular time, God is loving you the same way as someone who is not even entered. You're not saying, I love these ones more. No. It's the same for everyone. Are we together? And that's why you have to understand something. We don't preach fear to people. You understand, right? We don't preach fear to people. I'll give you an example of a message of fear. If you don't get born again, you're going to hell. Is that a fact? Yes. But is that the gospel? It's not. It's not the gospel. Because where is the good news in that? You understand, right? So you don't scare people into salvation. You don't do that. And sometimes the people who get born again because of fear, they never last in the faith. And that's why I've never met anyone who's a strong believer or got born again at a funeral. <laughs> yes. Graveyard in, in, in Zambia, people get born again. Because the pastor will tell you today it could be this one, tomorrow it could be you and you're thinking about it. <laughs> and you're just there, you know, wondering now I think about your whole life. Because you know, at funerals, you know, you, you process things, eh? Everything now begins to think, ah, life is short. <laughs> This one were together just last week and they are going just like that. Hey, life is short. <laughs> and before you know it, now someone is hiding at a funeral. Oh, those who want to give their life to Christ, please come and they raise their hands. And they give their life to Christ. And guess what happens? 
three days after they're not, they're not, they're not dying. Ah, they're back in the world. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> right, death hasn't located. That's the reason why they got born again in the first place. But if someone understands that the reason I'm getting born again is because God loves me so much, that's a different mentality. There's no fear in that. You understand, right? Yes, when you understand the love of God, you will know that even in salvation, you're not even the one who's holding on to God. God is holding on to you. That means you can't lose it. God. He's the one grabbing on to you. Are you listening? Yes. Paul said something in Romans chapter number 5, verse 6 to 8. Romans chapter number 5, verse 6 to 8. Are we there? Romans 5, verse 6 to 8, right? Yes, the Bible says, For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Who did he die for? Who did he die for? Yes, so why, why are you hating the ungodly? You are the ungodly one if you are hating those that Christ died for. Where did you get it from? You understand, right? Christ died for the ungodly. <laughs> Can I tell you something? And this may surprise some of you. That means Christ never died for a godly man. He brings you into godliness. Now, does that mean you remain ungodly? No. Comforting yourself, Christ died for the ungodly. Every day, ah, the ungodly. <laughs> It's a label you have now on your face. Christ died for the ungodly. That's how he identifies of the ungodly. That's my word, Pastor. The ungodly. <laughs> no. He brings you into godliness. You understand, right? You believe in him, he brings you into godliness. Now you are born again. Now that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now you walk in the newness of life. According to the scriptures. Says Christ died for who? Let's be louder. Christ died for who? Yeah, yes. Verse 7 say, For scarcely, for, for a righteous man, uh, we, won't, we, we won't die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Hallelujah. That means for a good man, maybe someone can die. You understand, right? Yes. There are certain good men that other people can die for. I can't. But other people may do that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? Yeah. We thank God. So maybe for a good man, someone can lay. See, for a good man, maybe. You can even give a kidney to someone. Maybe. Maybe. You understand? That's capital, but maybe. <laughs> Someone they were looking for capital. Look, look on the inside. <laughs> look on the inside. There are treasures within. <laughs> treasures within. <laughs> we can't be wasting treasures. That was, that was a light moment. <laughs> says, but God, hallelujah. That's what it says. It says, but God. Let's read it together. What does it say? God Read it again. But, but, but God. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. 
Yes. Have you seen? Christ is the demonstration of God's love. He says, while we are yet sinners. In other words, someone may die for a good man, but Christ never looked for a good man to die for. He said, while you are yet a sinner, Christ came and died. How together? So the things you did, whether we know them or we don't know them, the Bible says Christ died. It says God demonstrates his love. That means the act of Christ coming to die on the earth there. That's the message of the gospel. That's an act of love. An act of love. That's an act of love. You understand, right? Yes. And Paul, of course, told us that. If, of course, if God gave us Jesus, how can we withhold other things? How? That means God gave us his best. This gospel we preach to other people, it's a gospel of God's love. It's a gospel of God. That means we don't scare people. We, we, we go with the message of God's love to the world. We go with the message of the love of God to the whole world. We go with the message that it, even, in the, even in the worst state, even in the state where someone, someone looks like they are unredeemable, in that very state, the love of God still applies to them. In that very state, Christ died for them. In that very state, God still loves them. In that very state, the love of God overshadows them. In that very state, you can't separate them from the love of God. You may not like that. Because maybe you want God to hate a few people. <laughs> But like I said, God is not from? Village. <laughs> not from your village. No. We don't have the same energy. <laughs> no, we don't. You understand? Yeah. You can't put God, you can't put God aside and say, Lord, I'm reporting that one to you. So anyone around you, I want you to think about it. Anyone around you who is not saved, why are they not born again? Last week I explained why people are not born again, right? Anyone around you, ask yourself, why are they not born again? What's the reason they're not born again? And if the reason has got anything to do with you, then you have to do something about it. There should be no reason why someone around you isn't saved. Every single person around you must be born again. When Jesus comes, it must be a glory for all of us. There must not be a concern as to whether who has remained, who has gone. No. And one thing the Bible teaches us, that that same love that God has for others, the Bible tells us that God has shed it on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 5, verse 5. You understand, right? The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. That means now, the sinner God loves, you're supposed to love them as well. You understand, right? The wicked man God loves, you're supposed to love them as well. That one that you, you're supposed to love them as well because you can't preach the gospel to people you don't love. You have to have the love of God in your heart for you to effectively communicate. And that's why the love you must have to preach the gospel is not human love because human love is limited. Human love, once you're irritated, you don't want to preach. 
But the love of God is different. The love of God is not dependent on what someone else does to you. Because if the love of God was dependent on what, 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 what human beings can do to him, think about you, the things you've done, God still loves you. If someone, if someone did the very thing you did to God, would you still love them? Would you still love them? The number of times you say sorry to God, if someone apologized that many times to you, <laughs> You would never accept it, right? I would be done. Like, why? All this time, you keep, you keep saying the same thing. You keep doing the same thing. But how does God approach it? How does God see it? How does Jesus see it? So the message of the gospel is the message of the love of God. It's the message of the love of God. So when you're preaching to the world that Jesus died for them, when you're preaching to the world about the finished works of Christ, what you're communicating is that, look, God looks at you. He knows everything you are. He even knows your thoughts. Thank God I don't know your thoughts, but he knows your thoughts. Because <laughs> if I knew, perhaps I would run away. Eh? <laughs> yeah. That's something I don't ever want to know. How to read minds right now. <laughs> It'd be chaotic, eh? Mm. So, but Christ knows how you think. Christ knows how you behave. He even knows how you feel towards everyone. He knows the one you don't like. And even in heaven, he won't separate you. So, oh, you don't like each other, so put their mansion on there. <laughs> They're not talking. <laughs> you see, and that's why even as a believer can I tell you something yes, there should be no one you're not talking to yes, I'm talking to you yes, there should be no one you're not talking to especially you who is born again why are you waking up moody you're just not talking to people that day you're just waking up and just not talking to anyone because of what you dreamed about I don't even know because you can't wake up and you're just upset the only logical explanation is your dreams yeah. <laughs> you understand? Yes. So you can't, you can't, because you can't effectively communicate the gospel to other people. You can't effectively show the love of God to other people if you are moody. Hey neighbor, stop being moody. <laughs> you can't, you can't wake up and they're just not talking to someone. And can I even take it? Can I even take it deep as well? Even if someone did something to you, you can't be someone who stops talking to people. Where is the love of God in your hearts? No, where is the love of God? No, Pastor, they hate me. You, you, okay, you, you, the things you've done, okay. Let's us, let's us be frank. Let's us, <laughs> you understand the things you've done, knowingly and unknowingly, the things you've done. <laughs> you understand the things you've done. You can't be that one who stops talking to people. That's because they pissed you off. And the biggest revelation that I always give in this is that people will hate you. <laughs> yes, as long as you are here in this world, there will be people who will step on your toes. There will always be someone. A relative. <laughs> Those of you in boarding, house, boarding houses, a housemate or a roommate. Yes. Coming from church, you find they've opened your bottle of mayo. <laughs> <laughs> You're not talking to them that day. 
they've eaten two of your eggs. <laughs> you, don't even, you don't even need two at once. You're in a budget boarding house. <laughs> Students are relating. <laughs> they know how wild things are. <laughs> now you're no longer talking to them. You understand? Mm. Now when they hear you preach, what are they going to say? Mm. How can this one preach to me? Mm. How can this one preach to me? Mm. One time I went to, went, went to minister somewhere and uh, there was a brother who we were with. And <laughs> The brother began to minister. And you know, guys, it's just a funny thing when, you, when you're ministering to people who know you. you can't pretend, eh? <laughs> so he started sharing the gospel. And he's opening remarks where even as I'm beginning to teach, always remember do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> so in my mind, I even knew things are wild here. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, have, you, have you ever heard someone say that? Yes, Pastor. Those are crazy people. And then one of the brothers or the friends who are ministering to said something, said, looked at me and said, um, if this your friend goes to heaven, we're all, we're all going. Wow. <laughs> 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 said, if this one goes to heaven, we're all entering. <laughs> That's dangerous. <laughs> That's a dangerous place to be at. It means you can't effectively communicate the gospel to other people. Are we together? It says, while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. Why we were yet sinners. In other words, he didn't wait for you to be perfect. He picked you up from the very state you are in or you were in and decided you are worth dying for in that very state. He decided that you are worth receiving eternal life in that very state. He decided that you are worth being called the seed of Abraham in that very state. He decided that you are worth being referred to as the justified of Christ in that very state. He decided that you are worth being referred to as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in that very state. He decided that in that very state you are, you are worth being referred to as the sanctified of Christ in that very state. He decided that you are worth being called the temple of the Holy Ghost in that very state. He decided that he's going to make his abode on this earth in your heart. In that very state. He decided right there in that very state. He didn't wait for anything. In that state he decided that the blood of Jesus was worth it on you. It wasn't a loss whatsoever. The price he paid was not in vain. How it together? It was not in vain. The blood that Jesus paid on that cross, that was a demonstration of the love of God to me. That was the highest price God could have ever paid for mankind. The highest price. Are we together? Yes. And that's why you must communicate the love of God to other people. You must remind someone that Jesus loves them. When was the last time you told someone Jesus loves them? Oh, I mean, he always takes in someone, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Why are you laughing? 
You even get upset if they didn't tell you they love you that day. <laughs> right, yeah. mm. <laughs> you even get upset. No, when was the last time you reminded someone about the love of God? When was the last time? When was the last time? And one thing you must understand about the love of God is this. God loves us as his children. You understand, right? He loves us as his, as his children. Now, I want you to think about it. There are certain people who believe that sometimes because they've done something, then God will bring certain things in their way to punish them. For example, some believe that maybe because they sinned or they disappointed God, then that's the reason why they have a sickness in their body. Or that's the reason why they lost their job. That means God wants them unemployed. Now, I'll ask you two questions from there. If you ever believe that anything negative comes from God, firstly, if you were a parent, would you want that for your child? Or would God want that for you? Does that mean that you've got better emotions than God does? Number two, if you believe that God gave you a sickness, when you go to the hospital, are you fighting the will of God? If you believe that God is the one who decided that he wants you jobless, every time you look for a job, are you fighting the will of God? <laughs> Think about it. All together. You can't, and this is something that you must understand. God doesn't have a dual personality. He's consistent. And that's why when you're ministering the love of God to, to people, you must understand that the love of God is consistent. Are we together? There are certain people whom they fail to pray, fail to do all these things simply because they don't feel worthy of the love of God. And trust me, the voice that will ever tell you you're not worthy of the love of God is from the, is from the pit of hell. That is not from God. It's got nothing to do with God. The love of God is consistent. And because the love of God is consistent, God's love seeks to restore when you mess up. God is not looking forward to burning anyone in hell. There are people who believe that maybe God is just waiting for them just to catch them red-handed. And when he catches them red-handed, now he's going to just come, like just appear and just say, yeah, I've caught you. <laughs> Nothing but hell for you. <laughs> There's nothing like that. Are we together? Yes, and that's why every believer, once you have a full understanding of the love of God, you'll be able to communicate the gospel to other people. And that's why, that, well, I think that was two weeks ago, I taught about the importance of prayer in the gospel. The love of God will drive you to pray for souls. The love of God will drive you to your knees and intercede for someone. When someone is losing their way, you will not gossip about them. You will go on your knees and pray for them because the love of God has overwhelmed your heart. For that particular soul, you know when someone is not born again, if it means praying for them for a year, then you will not stop until they get born again. Are we together? Yes. Let's read the three more scriptures. 
Let me show you another attribute of the love of God that you must understand and you must communicate correctly. Lamentations, chapter number 3, verse 22. The scripture produced one of my, one of my favorite songs ever. Lamentations, chapter number 3, verse 22. Look at your neighbor. If they're looking for lamentations, the New Testament has to them. Ah. <laughs> The sister was looking for John in the, in the Old Testament. They went as far as Genesis. John. <laughs> the easiest way to find a portion, a book in the Bible, is simply knowing that the book is between uh, Genesis and Revelation. <laughs> Once you master that, <laughs> Home and dry. You'll find any book. <laughs> yeah, it's right, it's right there. I said Lamentations chapter number what? Yeah. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Says his compassions fail not. The KJV says the steadfast love of the Lord, right? Never ceases, right? Yes. Steadfast means it's unwavering. Meaning the love of God is unshakable. Meaning the love of God is something that is not, it, it, it can't be moved by our moods or by anything. It says it never ceases. You know what that means? That means I'm eternally loved. Yes. He says his love never ceases. Never ceases. You see, your love for someone may cease, but the love of God towards you will never cease. The love of God for, those, for everyone around you will never cease. And that's why a believer must be moved by love. You must be moved by love. How are together? Love should be the greatest motivation to even preach the gospel. It should. If your heart is not filled with love and compassion for souls, you can't effectively communicate. Do you know why? Because when you go for evangelism, not everyone will accept you. Not everyone will be welcoming. Have you ever done evangelism before? Raise your hand if you've done it. You've gone to street evangelism. Has everyone welcomed you? No. There are people who look at you like they're just waiting for you to be done. They want to just start. And they say, because Zambia is known as a Christian nation. So when you go to someone and say, can I preach the gospel? It will be my one for them to say no. So they will just say, okay, let's go. Share. You understand, right? And when you begin to share, they are just waiting for you to be done. So it takes love for you to be persistent in preaching the gospel to other people. It takes the love of God in your heart. So that love, and see, the, there are certain people who will never encounter or see the love of God until they see through your life. Until your life begins to exhibit that very love, the unwavering love, the unfailing love, the love that never ceases. Until, that, until your heart wells up with that love, you will not effectively preach the gospel. You can't effectively preach it. So in understanding the gospel, you have to first get the love of God and let it, let it overwhelm your heart. 
I told you, if you want to know what's on the heart of God, it's people. It's human beings. Yes, you will find that person in, in, on God's heart. How are we together? Yes, you will find them on God's heart. And as they, are on, as they are on God's heart, when you go there, and the Lord will tell you, pray for this one. And that's why if you don't like someone in, in, an intercessor, you'll be amazed how God will tell you to pray for them. God will instruct you, just intercede for that sister. Pray for her. Lord, but pray for him. Are we together? Pray for him. Amen. 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 Yes. So even this week, even as we are praying, we're going to pray for souls. We're going to pray for families. We're going to pray for the nation. We're going to pray for the whole world. We're going to pray for, for every aspect of humanity. We're going to pray. And as we pray, we must, be, we, we, must be, we must be moved by the love of God. The love of God should be our biggest motivation for preaching the gospel. Are we together? Yes. yes. Ask your neighbor, is there anyone you don't like? <laughs> Let them answer you. Is there anyone you don't like? And they're in church if they lie. <laughs> Look at them. Is there anyone you don't like? <laughs> Are they giving you an answer? <laughs> Has your neighbor given you an answer? <laughs> You discover people are holding on to things, right? In their hearts. They are carrying things in their hearts. But that person you don't like, we're going to pray for them this week. I say that person you don't like, this week we're interceding for them. You know why? Because Jesus loves them. (laughs) Because Jesus loves them. Praise God. I need to conclude. So the love of God never fails. Amen. God's love will never fail. And I explained earlier, we don't, preach, we don't preach fear to people. We don't communicate a message of fear. We don't even communicate a message of judgment because our judgment was placed on Jesus Christ. All together. We don't communicate that. Eternal judgment is something, it's a doctrine that's there in the scriptures. We believe in it as a church. However, for the, for, for the believer, the one in Christ, that one, his judgment was placed on Christ Jesus. Are we together? Yes. There's a story uh, in Luke chapter number 15. Now, Luke chapter number 15 is a very, is a very powerful uh, portion of scripture. Luke chapter number 15. We'll start reading from verse 8 to 10. It, Luke 15 will show, will show you the heart of God towards the lost. It will show you the heart of God towards the lost. Luke 15, 8 to 10. He says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep uh, the house, search carefully until she finds it. And when, she fi- and when she's found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, the attitude that God has, firstly, if you've seen that, it, looks, it shows you that when one is lost, God will go, will go out of his way to ensuring that that person is restored or is saved. He'll go out of his way. You understand, right? And the Bible says there is joy in heaven over one person. Over one person. The question I have for you is that how many times have you brought joy in heaven? How many times has heaven rejoiced because of your deeds? 
Are we together? Yes. How many times? That means ah, there's a certain dimension heaven, there's a certain dimension of joy heaven only experiences because the believers do work. Let me explain that. <laughs> there's a certain dimension of joy heaven experiences when a believer does their work. It means if the believer stops doing their work, that dimension of joy will not even exist in heaven. And that's a joy when, when someone who is, who is lost gets born again. No one can create that joy out of nowhere. We must be the reason why there is joy in heaven by communicating exactly with the message of the gospel. Tell the person, this is the height to which God decided that you should be born again. This is the height. This is the price God said is worth. This is, see, this is exactly what Jesus did for you. And can I tell you something? The message of the gospel, the message of Christ is something that must be personalized. When you are communicating to someone, you teach it as though Jesus died for them and them alone. Out together. You teach it as though, you see, as though they are the only one. And I want you to think about it. If you were the only sinner in this world, would Jesus have come? Yes. It means even if the whole world was born in righteousness, the only one who was ever born in sin, Jesus would still have come. It's not because we're a group. <laughs> no, to Jesus, you are an individual of value. All together. You are an individual of value. There is value he's placed on your soul. On your soul, there's value. First John 4, 19. First John 4, 19. One, two, three, go. <laughs> That means when you understand the love of God, your response to him is loving him. The resp- see, the only way that God will see men and women love him back is when we preach the love of God. We love him because he first loved us. That means when you understand his love, men and women in this world now will begin to love him back. We want to see a generation of young people who are loving God with all their hearts preach the love of God. You want to see a generation of young men who love, who love God with all their hearts preach the love of God to young men. Young women who love the Lord with all their hearts preach the love of God to them. You want to see, you want to see the whole world uh, love the Lord a certain way, preach the love of God to the whole world. Any area where you, see, where you want to see people love Jesus in that area, preach the love of God. Amen. The four points I want, I, I, I want to mention. Number one, no one in this world is unlovable for God. There is absolutely no one in this world whom God does not love. And you must make that a resolve in your heart as well, that because God loves everyone, you will love everyone too. Amen. Number two, the love of God is eternal. Okay? The love of God is eternal. It's eternal. It's eternal. That means it will never cease. It will never stop. The love of God is eternal. You are eternally loved by God. Every person in this world is eternally loved by God. Amen. Number three, there is nothing in this world that can separate you from the love of God. Absolutely nothing. The love of God has is, is, been placed on you. And there is nothing you can do that can actually separate you from God's love. Amen. Amen. The fourth thing is that you must tell the whole world about the love of God. You must tell the whole world about the love of God. Praise, praise God. You must tell the love of God, the whole world about the love of God. I think if this is my last Sunday teaching about, about this, I would admonish every single person here 
preach the gospel with everything you have. Preach the gospel with everything you have. Brothers and sisters, we have a message for the whole world. We have a message for the whole world. The message of the gospel is not just for this country. The message of the gospel is not just for your community or for your boarding house. Everyone around you should hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Preach the gospel. Use your resources. Some of you, the Lord can even place finances in your hands to ensure that the gospel is spreading. Give towards the, give towards the preaching of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Yes, use your resources to ensure that the gospel is spreading. Use the connections you have. Use the influence you have. Some of you are, some of, some, some of you are even your ways to, to become influencers. Don't use your influencing for wrong things. Use, use social media to preach the gospel. Communicate the love of God to someone. There's a lot of nonsense on the internet already. Don't contribute to it. How together? Yes, don't be part of the nonsense. Ensure when someone is crying on that TikTok, they, 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 will encounter, they, they will encounter someone who is teaching the, word, the love of God there. Everyone else can be dancing on TikTok, but for you, you are seated and teaching the gospel to other, someone else. Trust me, people will listen. Yes. They will listen. Are we together? Yes. They will listen. Yesterday in the, in the men's meeting, I told them to say, it's only believers who are willing to bend down the kingdom principles for the sake of the world. Yes, believers are funny, very funny. I gave them an example, I told them, say, look, you and I can agree, for example, that if a Muslim owns a lodge, no alcohol will be sold there, right? Or a restaurant, no restaurant in this country owned by a Muslim sells alcohol, not even one. Believers, on the other hand, it's part of business. <laughs> Understand, right? It's part of business for them. We have to use everything we have. We must preach the gospel with our all. How together? With everything we have. We must preach the gospel. So use the influence you have. The skills God has given you, use it to preach the gospel. The talent God has given you, use it to preach the gospel. You can use poetry, you can use music, or singing, or rap, whatever it is you want to communicate. As long as you are communicating the right message. Because not every, see, they, and it's not even every message you hear that is godly. That's the gospel. Not all messages you hear that seems godly, that, 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 that are the gospel. I admonish you, especially online, there is no need to engage in controversy. Just preach the gospel. Understand, right? Don't go on social media to start arguing with people. You understand? Jesus never sent us to win arguments. Send us to win, to, to win souls. Okay, after you've won the argument, then what? Then what? Huh? And that's why for me, if, no, matter, no matter the opinion someone has online, if I have a contrary opinion, I just, I just skip. I won't waste my time there exchanging words with someone. I'm also just, I also quote 15 scriptures for them. They quote back 20. Or 20 or 50, 30 for me. Back and forth, that's just nonsense. I can't do that. No. I'm not going to waste my energy just to try to convince someone this. No, there are souls to reach. There are too many souls to reach. You understand, right? Too many souls to reach. If someone is willing to learn, I'll approach them. And I, but if they're not willing, well then good, stay in your era. Mm. The Holy Spirit will convict you one day. Mm. He will. Because as much as, see, no matter how good the teacher is, you're not the Holy Spirit. Mm. <laughs> All together. Let's close our eyes. If you are here, you are here, you've heard the message about the love of God and you know you need to be born again. 
you need to give your life to Christ and surrender your life to Christ. Or you've backslidden and you need help in being restored in your fellowship with God. Please raise your hand. Let us help you. Don't be ashamed. Raise it. Pray after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He died for my sake. I believe He is Lord and now I'm born again. In Jesus' name.